0: Welcome to the Intersection of Faith and Culture, a PCM podcast where we talk about how to maneuver through today's hot topics while maintaining a grasp on our testimony and relationship with God.
1: Well, welcome to this month's edition of the uh, Intersection of Faith and Culture. And uh, I've got a confession to make right off the top. I'm Ted. Katie's joining us here in just a second, but I dropped the ball and didn't get October's recorded and and submitted in time. So we're going to try to fast pace fast track this one here and get this one in here in October but we're going to be talking about holidays today so right off the bat i need to give you a disclaimer on this episode of the intersection of faith and culture we're going to be talking about some of the cultural traditions involving certain holidays and we realize that families either include or refrain from certain holiday characters and activities so, this may be an episode that you don't want your children to hear until after you've had a chance to listen and decide for yourself and what's best for your family. Just as on the radio, every time that I go on the radio in the morning show, I would never want to discuss something in front of your kids that I felt like I should have asked your permission first. So, this is your disclaimer. And we're going to go into the welcome and introduce yourself, give you plenty of time to push the kids out the door or or not. So this is the intersection of faith and culture. My name is Ted Gokey, and, and uh, Katie Smith is going to be joining us here. And what is the intersection of faith and culture? Katie, we've been doing this now. I think this is episode number seven or eight. How would you describe the intersection of faith and culture? What is it? <laughs>
0: Wait, where are my notes? Where are my notes? <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want the long answer? The you, short answer. You do, you do, answer.
1: You do so, so many of these podcasts and interviews <laughs> and things. I'm sure they all probably run together. You're like Ted. Who? Who's this guy? What? Oh yeah, that's that thing oh. I do once a month. Okay.
0: Not at all. No, no. It's just you know what. What is it about our faith that transcends culture, and then what is about our culture that? Uh, maybe we need to take a second look at, I mean, that's kind of a theme for 2020 is take a second look at culture, right? Sure and what we do. So just bringing those things together and finding the great stuff.
1: Yeah. So if somebody were to ask you, Katie, and by the way, the intersection of faith and cultures as believers, as Christians, what are things that our culture throws at us or we live that we have to go through and make a decision whether we're going to stand up or not, or go along with or not. So that's kind of a, a, in a nutshell there. Katie, how would you describe yourself, introduce yourself? If you were coming up to a group of ladies for the very first time, how would you introduce yourself?
0: Oh, I would probably start with homeschool mom because that's the funnest job I've ever had. I absolutely (laughs) loved it. Um, And then I have a background in ministry interculturally. And now I'm a life and business coach. And I love working with moms and, and figured out, you know, like everybody this year, I've pivoted. And so I've spent a lot of time learning how to use um, online resources to connect people and grow business which is amazing and then i get to talk with you ted which is never one of them i mean it's one of a million it's not <laughs> it's never go. i'll give you but, that um, much I'll it's always that. an honor and a delight to speak with you
1: so katie how long have you all been married you and your husband
0: Twenty years.
1: Twenty years. That's incredible. That's yeah, a uh that's you. a milestone. Big time. Big time. So For that's sure. awesome. And kids, I mean you have two kids, right?
0: Yep. Two sons. Gabriel is eighteen and Noah is sixteen.
1: Wow. So you're in the thick of the adolescence there, big time. So uh, I, I lived, I survived, and I have the t-shirt for that, for sure. So um, my name is Ted, and uh, I'm the program director in the morning show. They let me talk on the radio, believe it or not, uh, here at uh, at J103. And uh, I just love what I do. And I, I'm the the husband of Amy, uh, been married 30 years, and uh, we have three, uh, three grown kids. Lauren will be 29. Uh, Trevor is 24 four and chipper is 23 and uh, um, we just we just love love doing ministry and love hanging out and getting to meet people and uh, getting to talk to katie here so pretty awesome now our families are 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 different in a lot of ways there's a lot of similarities but a lot of differences that our families have you all are homeschoolers we public schooled uh, our kids there um, other than that, we're, we're kind of similar there, but families are all different. I mean, I know tons of families that are, that are blended families or Christian families or non-Christian families, um, you know, just all different kinds. Um, description of your family growing up, Katie, what would you say your family was like growing up?
0: Uh, so my mom was married three times. My dad was married four times. I have five half brothers wow. and one stepbrother. brother. Um, so that's a loaded question, right? Like, um, very different background. I I did not grow up homeschooling. I went to public school. Um, and maybe like so many people, you know, our traditions have changed with the needs of the family and what's happening in the, the history of the family. And so, um, but holidays, my mom was excellent at holidays and she always made us feel really special
1: isn't that cool i mean there's parents that just do it great there are certain parents Mm -hmm. that my wife is one of those i mean Mm -hmm. holidays is she's just a christmas person thanksgiving she would do anything to have Mm -hmm. her family together for the holidays and Mm -hmm. uh, and all of that and we've had to go through the the married kids before splitting back and forth with in-laws and that kind of stuff we had to do that growing up for a while Mm -hmm. there how would you describe your family katie biblically were they conservative were they liberal were they moderate were they nothing what would you say well
0: i'm glad you made a disclaimer at the beginning of the show because my family was like sex is no big deal um so um you know i i joked that i i walked around in high school wearing a chastity belt um because i was so outside the norm in my family and i was so outside the norm um and that doesn't mean i wasn't tempted it just means that um God gave me the grace to make different choices. And so, um, yeah, so I was definitely (laughs) an odd one. And definitely
1: yeah. an out one out in my family, yeah. I grew up the—I guess you'd say the opposite. I was on the other end of the spectrum there. My family was very involved in our local Baptist church, and uh, my mom and dad met each other, interestingly enough, um, at church at a Halloween party. So we're going to talk about that oh. here in a second. But um, but yeah, so my both sets of my grandparents—my dad's parents, my mom's parents—went to the same church, knew each mm-hmm. other and, uh, and all of that. And so I was— from the moment I was born, basically a week later, I was in church and and, uh, and was brought up that way the whole time. But with that said, my family was very um, was very very conservative as far as the Word of God but not so much when it came to living out, you know, the faith. They weren't real stringent. They weren't real strict. Um, and so we're going to jump into a lot of these holidays here and uh, and talk about um, how my family, more so we went on with culture. We, we mm-hmm. followed the culture norm, the cultural norm of celebrating holidays and things and, and not necessarily the, the strictness of it there. So what about you growing up with your uh, your family and kids and, and all I'm of there. that? Did you all... Uh, did you as a child, did you follow all the family, or I mean, all the cultural norms?
0: Um, yeah, actually, we did. I, w- I would say we were very much a reflection of our culture. And so, you know, we did regular Halloween with trick-or-treating and stuff like that. Thanksgiving was always a big deal. We always got together with other relatives for that. Um, I should mention, too, I was born into a Catholic family, Saved when I was six in a charismatic um, Assemblies of God church. Wow. And then our family was in always in and out of church. Um, but we we loved holidays. My mom is just, like I said, she's a great, great celebrator of life. And um, yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that, gosh, I hope I'm always like her in that way.
1: If, if somebody were going to uh, um, pin you down and say, okay, Katie, what was your favorite annual family tradition growing up?
0: Oh, I think it would have to be Christmas. Yeah. I love Christmas trees. I love decorating. I love the lights. I love it more now than I did probably growing up. So I'm kind of funny that way.
1: Mine's Christmas too. I'm on that bandwagon as well. I mean, I'm the oldest of four boys and I was the oldest and my mom was an only child. So I was spoiled rotten. I was the first grandson, first grandchild uh, born to my grandparents. So I was, I was rotten. And, uh, and my brothers, my grandparents did a good, my parents did a good job of, of spoiling us all the same way. So, uh, Christmas for us, all the traditions, all the, the cultural Christmas stuff. Definitely. What about with your own family? Now that Mm. you and Brian are married, you have your own kids, teenagers now, what are some of your current favorite annual family Mm. traditions?
0: Um, One big tradition we've had for basically the last decade was uh, Thanksgiving marked the end of the college semester. And since we were working with international college students, Thanksgiving would be enormous. And so we, you know, we'd have at least 20, sometimes up to 40 people join us for Thanksgiving, and most of them, because it really weirded out our biological family, <laughs> most of them would be from other countries and they've never experienced a Thanksgiving before. So we'd pull out, you know, Squanto by Eric Metaxas, and we were like, this is the simplest, truest version of Thanksgiving, and we'd share it with them, and it, I loved it. I, it was an enormous amount of work for me, but, um, but that's probably one of my favorite memories.
1: Yeah, for me, it's it's when our kids were little, and and I, I picked up the tradition of my, my parents, my dad, and my, my mom did, and that was on the night before Christmas, went all oh. through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. anyway. Um, but the night before Christmas, I would read that, that story, "Twas the night before Christmas. My, my mom and my grandparents used to cut up and proudly say, I guess you'd say, that when I was probably four years old, maybe even younger than that, I had Twas the Night Before Christmas memorized, because it was read to me so many times that I really didn't read it. I wasn't reading, but I knew when to turn the page, and I knew all that stuff. And uh, my mom tells me the stories when I was in the, the doctor's office sitting in the waiting room, and I had my Twas the Night Before Christmas book in front of me, read it so much that the cover fell off of it. And uh, and uh-huh. I was actually going through it, Twas the Night Before Christmas, went all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And I would turned the page. The stockings were hung by the chimney, with all, and then- some of the people in the wedding were looking at me like, how old is he? Like, well, he's three or four. Are you kidding me? And he can already read? And they didn't say anything different. But I just had it memorized because it was said to me so many times. Mm-hmm. But I would read the Christmas story to the kids the night mm-hmm. before, put them to bed, and then uh, put out the milk and cookies for Santa. Uh, mm-hmm. And then get up the next morning, and before the first present was able to be opened, we would read the Christmas story from the book of Luke, the real Christmas story. Mm-hmm. So that's probably my favorite current tradition because we still do that to this day even though mm-hmm. it's me and amy and usually only chipper at home or now amy's mom with this my mother-in-law we'll do the same thing i'll do it till the night before christmas the next morning when everybody comes over we'll do that so all right so we're gonna both of ours for christmas we'll have a good time when we talk about christmas there <laughs> but let's focus on this month the month of october when we're recording this is the big Halloween, the big mm-hmm. anti-Christian. Should we not ever celebrate this, you know? But first of all, let's break this down like we do we're going to do every holiday. What how would you define society's response to Halloween? How does our society these days celebrate Halloween?
0: Hmm. Well, I think I must be a weirdo, but I mean, that's a given, but um, being from San Diego, we're right on the border of Mexico. Yeah. And um, I guess I've been living under a rock because I had no idea that um, Dios de los Muertos was like such a big deal. And um, the Day of the Dead in Mexico, where they kind of celebrate and honor, and Disney picked this up when they did the movie Coco. Okay. Um, Okay. But um, I had no idea that that was such a big thing in San Diego until last year when I was, you know, working with this organization that served children. And they made this huge thing out of this holiday. And it's kind of like a sidebar of Halloween, but it's a Mexican holiday. It's a really big deal. So I didn't know that. And then um, going back to your question, I think, you know, trick or treating, right? Like everybody wears costumes. Everybody does that doesn't everybody do that or
1: do they yeah yeah they sure do i mean it's all about dressing up it's all about make-believe and being who you're somebody you're not or maybe who you mm-hmm. want to be or you would like to be mm-hmm. or fantasize about being and and the kids of course it's about who can get the most candy in the quickest mm-hmm. amount of time and and uh and then there's the haunted houses and and being scared and the fun that comes with being shocked and and mm-hmm. and all of that all those things that go into there and at least that's what i was brought up i was brought up in that cultural norm, that that's what you did. Uh, I have fond pictures and memories of dressing up with my my little brothers and going trick-or-treating with my dad walking with us and then later as we got older in the neighborhood uh being one of probably five or six boys all within a year age we would get up and go together through the neighborhood and so and, fun. Uh, oh it was i mean one yeah year... my older
0: brothers did that
1: yeah we mm-hmm. i remember one year we said okay guys we're all gonna dress up like robots this year so we all got cardboard boxes stole all our parents aluminum foil and went to town and we all were robots you know and walked Mm -hmm. around and one year we were all ladies we dressed up like old ladies and and went around and a couple years we'd go out in one costume come back change costumes and go out again you know that type (laughs) thing but um but it was huge it was always great and and our kids always had fun doing that too haunted houses I can remember working in haunted houses when I was Mm -hmm. in high school and college and just having a fun, you know, fun there and going and getting scared and Mm -hmm. and uh, um, and all stuff. Louisville used to have a thing called uh, um, the Ghost Run, where for several weekends in October, you would meet at like one of the malls and you'd get a clue sheet. It was a fundraiser for one of the nonprofits and you would follow these clues and you would go to three different haunted houses that were scattered around the city of Louisville and whoever did it wow. in, the, in the shortest mileage, you know, did it in the closest mileage, there was mm-hmm. a big prize or a drawing or something like that. We never got close to that, but uh, but it was it was just a lot of fun.
0: That us. sounds incredible. But, uh, Do they yeah, is there something like that in Chattanooga?
1: I haven't heard of anything like that.
0: Oh. In these There's days an opening of, the business idea somebody. In these days <laughs> of social
1: distancing that would be perfect, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah. uh, but you know, I, I can remember Halloween parties at church as a youth pastor mm-hmm. having Halloween parties but then all of a sudden there was a period of time and I'm wanting to say maybe in the, in the 80s and 90s I don't even mm-hmm. I don't even know if I can pinpoint it that conservative Christians response to Halloween suddenly changed have you been aware mm-hmm.
0: of that yeah i was aware of that and and even with our own kids we were really careful about what we exposed them to um i mean I, I told you this, Ted, I had a friend, an adult friend who had been a witch as a kid and (laughs) until she was um, until she got safe, really. And so. Um, having that reality, I was just like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> so, yeah. so until our kids hit puberty, we really stayed away from magic and pretend and maybe to a fault. But now that they're older, we're having a tremendous amount of fun with them. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're geeking out over Harry Potter and you know all the rest of it. So.
1: Oh, I can, I can remember being a Baptist growing up. There was a period of time when we boycotted Harry Potter mm-hmm. and those type things and all that because mm-hmm. of the wizardry and the sorcery and we're glorifying mm-hmm. the evil and the devil and and uh, and everything and and again as you hear us talking about this on every episode of the intersection of faith and culture there's no judgment here from us um, you have to do the way God leads you and your family if you're on that conservative real uber conservative Christian response where you think no. I'm not going to glorify the devil on this day, as you mentioned, the day of the dead and all of that. We're, our family, it's not good for us. I pat you on the back and amen you for standing up mm-hmm. for your faith. Um, but I also ask for those people that aren't as strict or or don't have that. Um, God hasn't discerned them, given them that boldness to do that. And in fact, that you don't judge them back and forth um so again i i hope that and i know that's a danger there may be some people have already turned off the podcast just hearing me say that but i hope not so let's try to be balanced about this katie when we think about halloween and the way the culture encourages us to celebrate halloween what are the rewards to that
0: oh man isn't it fun to carve a pumpkin isn't it great to have candy i love dressing up i mean What's not to
1: like? The, the creativity, <laughs> being able to do that, the the memories you make with your kids, um, mm-hmm. the potential for evangelism. If you're a Christian, you can, um, you know, when you give out the candy, and and listen, if you're a Christian, let me just tell you this from a a little boy standpoint, don't just give them a gospel track. Make sure it's wrapped around a Reese's cup or something like that. Okay, make it you know. Um, but uh, I, I just I just I remember that from childhood, getting up thinking and getting home and look at the little gospel tracks. Oh, this is really cool. And being a Christian, I, I respected that. But I'm like you know. Three Musketeer Bar would have been nice with this too, there, buddy. But anyway, um, but we have a chance to do that. We have a chance to reach out, chance to meet your neighbors in the neighborhood, and just that kind mm-hmm. of spirit and fellowship there uh, that goes along with that. All right, so mm-hmm. from the the way the world encourages us to celebrate Halloween, what are the dangers involved in that as a Christian, as a believer?
0: Um, I think it's a slippery – it can be a real slippery slope, right? Like, how are we going to dress for the Halloween party and – you know, in a culture that hypersexualized, hyper-sexualized. And yeah. how do we respond to that? Like, mm, it's, it's, I don't know that my costume has changed, but maybe other people have. I mean, <laughs> I
1: you, know. you touched on something that I've noticed over the years is that the female Halloween costumes have gotten <laughs> more and more, and I'm just going to use this word, slutty every year, it appears to me.
0: Yeah, or or the amount of people, like you know, there's always been the French maid, right? We've always had French maids. We've always had, you know, women dressed up in a cat suit. I hate talking about this cat suits stuff like that. But now it's just, you know, it's normal.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's our
0: culture. And you're, and you're so. right.
1: It is over sexualized and those things too. So again, the question is, what's right for your family? And here's the bottom line: only you can decide that for your family. Only you can decide how God is speaking to you, how you are speaking to him, and you ask him, and he'll show you what that is. All right. Have we trick-or-treated enough? No. No? You got any (laughs) other points? Any other points you want to make about Halloween?
0: I mean, you know, if we're going to talk about hypersexualization, then we should also talk about gluttony. Yeah. And we should also talk about, uh, you know, we could have a lot of fun dogging on the pitfalls of this particular holiday, um, we could talk about I, I, the
1: fear, the fear involved in that. I remember watching yeah. the Friday the 13th movies and, and all mm-hmm. of that and not really thinking much about it. You know, it's cool seeing my friends mm-hmm. who get scared, who jumped the most and all that. But then I remember being out working at a, a Baptist youth camp one summer and at nighttime we had, we'd send out some of the counselors. We'd go out and make sure all the students, high school, middle school, were in their cabins when they were supposed to be and not sneaking around, you know, getting into trouble and all that. And all of a sudden, on my radio, one of the guys said, hey, we just saw somebody run out of the cabin. So, we think, okay, there's somebody escaping. So, I I ran up there, and I'm out here kind of in the middle of the woods type thing. And then it starts (laughs) dawning on me. All those movies that I've seen start flashing back in my mind, and all of a sudden, I was freaked out to be standing out there in the middle of the woods. Like, am I an idiot? I'm just walking into one of these horror movies right now, you know? So, Again, I don't think God wants us to to be afraid. He doesn't want us to have that fear, anything involved in that. And we may just be opening up the doors for us when we, uh, you know, when we when we look that way. But I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a really tough one. Like um, my sons and my husband, they love scary movies, and and I I'm slowly moving that way, but I still have a line a line. You know, there's certain things that I'm like, ah, oh, that doesn't. I mean, we just watched. Predator, which with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold. And it was great. I thought it was awesome. But some people might really have an issue with that and be like, oh, no, heck no, no. Nah, no, no, no. Maybe pre- the
1: Predator was been... an alien, wasn't he? Was that? Wasn't the Predator an alien, if I remember correctly? He was. So, I mean, that's not real. You know, that's not like some psycho that getting drunk. Okay, you know, but this was... is
0: 2020.
1: That's true. That's
0: true. And, you know, one of the big news stories was the alien ships
1: this okay. year. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> We are not living in the 1980s, 1990s. It is a different ball game completely, and I I think that's kind of the reality, right? We've got this huge population of young people that their parents are not from America, and they're making up the majority of the young people in big cities. That they're refugees, and so they're not. When they see scary stuff, it is scary to them. They are from a different worldview altogether. about our culture do we want to accept? How do we want to go forward in faith? What does that look like? Um- and it's it's worth thinking about, you know. Yeah, it sure I hope is. that everybody gets to go trick or treating. I think trick or treating is fantastic.
1: Yeah, and then you have the trunk or treats too. Some ch- a lot of churches have the big trunk or treats. I've noticed that this year there. Uh, um, we were at one of the big, huge churches in our area yesterday that has one of the biggest trunk or treats ever, and they're doing a drive-through trunk or treat this year because of oh, all the COVID great. restrictions and everything that's out there. Um, and uh, I saw I saw a statistic earlier this morning, in fact, that um, retailers are expecting. Just over half people are going to celebrate Halloween this year.
0: Yeah. Just because yeah.
1: of all the different restrictions and who can do what. And again, where we live down here in the South, where we're recording this, is a whole lot more open and free than what it is still in a lot of other parts of the country. So um, so anyway, that's Halloween. Let's move on to Thanksgiving, month of November. Uh, one of my favorite holidays, I would say it rivals Christmas there. Um, yeah. I remember going to my Aunt Virginia's house every every Thanksgiving. We'd get up and watch the parades on TV and get dressed, and we'd go to Thanksgiving. And on the way to my my aunt and uncle's, my mom and dad would threaten us, you know, you're only allowed to eat two dinner rolls each. You know, don't pig out on all the dinner rolls because we would eat them all. And uh, uh, don't play on Aunt Virginia's steps. She had this big old giant staircase. And I remember meet, you know hanging out with all my cousins and playing all the board games and all that stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. What is society's response? How did you guys celebrate Thanksgiving growing up?
0: Oh, my favorite Thanksgiving was undoubtedly the first year my brother Chris was married and my brother Brian was also had a significant other. And so um, everybody came home that year and it was unbelievable. We stayed up all night the night before the women did and we made 14 pies. Wow. And then we just, you know, the, the domestic creativity just really took off and we started making aprons and all kinds of things that we'd never make. We, you know, we brought out the sewing machines. I don't know what got into us, but I had such, that's my favorite of all the Thanksgivings. Cause after everybody got married, now everybody's all over the country. You know, I have yeah. one brother who's got like 20 children. I'm not even kidding. And then like another brother who's got three and then like everybody's all over the place. So, um, it's just it's it's fun to remember that that food and the smells and you know I mean like really sure. like do we <laughs> you, I'm, I'm working on practicing my recipes already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but have you heard what both of us have left out of our descriptions of our favorite Thanksgivings? Jesus. Well, that's part. That's a good church answer. Good to go. It's a good Sunday school answer. Yeah. Sunday
0: school answer. <laughs> yeah.
1: We neither of us have talked about being thankful. And no. and that's we, what well, I'm wondering. Gonna to yeah, we we'll get on. to that, but but should we focus more on that? I'm just curious. Well, yeah. You know, is thanks <laughs> is Thanksgiving more than, or, or should we be more thankful than just? And I, and I'll guarantee you, there's not a Thanksgiving dinner goes by my whole life that we haven't stopped and given thanks. I yep, guarantee We've it. done
0: that too. Yeah. But is
1: that all? Is that the only Thanksgiving that day that's giving, the only thanks that's given to God is right before mm. we dive in and eat too much?
0: Um, okay, so I'll, I'll give you some pushback there. So we would go around and everybody at these, you know, the gatherings that I talked about, everybody would say something they were thankful for. Yeah. We, that was a tradition. So it didn't matter if we were with my husband's family or my family or whoever. Um, that would be something we would invite them into. And so it just created a different atmosphere. And so I agree with you, like being thankful is really, really important. But since we treated it like a special event, right? Like we were inviting all these people who had never had Thanksgiving before to have Thanksgiving. And and even the family I grew up in, like we all went around and said, thank you. Or, you know, thanks to God for whatever it was. But this year, I think it's going to be, I have no idea what it's going to look like for our family, but um I think it's going to be especially wonderful because we're still here.
1: Yeah, that's right. We we've I mean, de- we know
0: people who've died from COVID. They're ne- they're they're never going to have the same Thanksgiving, yeah. and uh, that's that's the reality for people we know.
1: That's true. That's true. By the way, I have a, my youngest brother uh, and his wife have COVID currently. And uh, oh. they've been diagnosed with it. So, uh, so Completely far they say that. it's just a bad flu is what they're saying. It feels like, but you know, mm-hmm. so we're praying. Thank you for the prayer. Yeah. We've done that too here recently, the last couple of years, last several years really is to make sure that, you know, we go around the room. Okay. What are you most thankful for? And that type of thing. And, and the blessing over the food is probably a little bit more lengthy than what a normal one is on a, mm-hmm. on a taco night, you know, taco Tuesday uh, or anything, but, <laughs> but you know, society is kind of, kind of made Thanksgiving, at least in my opinion, it's all about the, the parades. It's all about football. Mm-hmm. It's all about the kickoff to Christmas shopping is is what Thanksgiving oh, time. Yeah. I am so grateful that Walmart and all those places and most of the malls have decided we're not doing it this year. Now they may put it underneath the guise of COVID, but uh, they're not going to be open on Thanksgiving Day this year. And and I'm even wow. wondering, I'm Good even for wondering, them yeah, and I'm even wondering if over the years, if Black Friday has started to decline, you know, so mm-hmm. much because everybody's buying things online, if that's going to mm-hmm. be such a big deal. What do you thought? What mm-hmm. do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I loved. there was a couple years ago when we moved into a place and we didn't have any appliances. And so, um, the black Friday sales ahead of time were like, awesome. (laughs) Like, this is great. We don't have to leave the house. Just like you said, it was all online. And that was awesome. That was just amazing. And I'm grateful for that, but I've never been the, I've never been the type that because I was doing all this work for Thanksgiving that could just pick up and leave, you know, I had a huge thing to take care of, but I, I, I see the value in black Friday. If you, you know, you've got a big family or, or you're on a tight budget and getting to go save a bunch of money on stuff is awesome. Right. Who wouldn't love that? But I used to be really hard on it and we had students who would like come and eat with us and then they would leave and we'd be like, where are you going? And they're like, we're going to a black Friday sale. i would be like, I was, I would be offended. Um, you know, wrong, I think probably wrongfully, but, um, (laughs) because it was a cultural difference, right? Like they're not they're not Christians. They they don't have the same values, you know, whatever. And maybe they had stuck around to clean up a little bit, but then they were going to go have fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I every family is different, right? What yep. what is good and what is not.
1: All right. So, before we wrap up Thanksgiving, though, let me just say that I hope that all of us will be encouraged to At least when we wake up Thanksgiving morning, I know you'll be busy with the turkey. I may be. I got a new smoker this year, so I'll probably be smoking a turkey and be excited about that. Um, But if we could just make sure we're in a spirit of Thanksgiving all day long. Can you imagine how awesome it would be if every single thing we did, every single thing we talked about, thought about that day, we opened it up and we stopped to take just a second or two to thank God for making that happen?
0: That'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, it would. It would. Well, I tell you what. Since our time has kind of flown by here, and we're only through two holidays, we've got a whole lot more. I've got like Boxing Day in Canada and Armed Forces Day, and I'm I'm kidding, but we've got all these other holidays. And Christmas is a big enough one too. Why don't we come back in the month of November and talk about uh, uh, about some of those other holidays, Christmas and the New Year? Does that sound like a winner to you?
0: That sounds great. <laughs> okay.
1: In, anything else? Any other topics or anything with your out and about and, and, uh, and talking with a lot of the, the other ladies and, and people that mm-hmm. you think we need to dive into any other? Do they want to hear what we think about politics and the election coming up and, and COVID and all that kind of stuff? Or are they tired of that and want us to stay away from it? Because we stay away from it on the radio thing.
0: I think this is a timely uh, situation where we really need to spe- speak into the gap. And um, Okay. Yeah.
1: um, Well, well, how would you in in the in the few minutes we have left here? How would you how would you talk about the current climate and things Mm. with politics and how you and your family feel?
0: Um, Well, I would I would say um, as somebody who abstains from arguing online, um, I make that a really big point that I do not argue with people online. If somebody posts something about their politics and it's different than mine, I leave that be. Um, And actually, if somebody comes on my wall and they say something that I that are against my morals or my values, I will delete it and then send them a private message that just says, I don't want this on my wall. And so uh, not in a snarky way or a rude way, but just, you know, keep kind of like what happens in your yard stays in your yard. What happens in my yard stays in my yard. Oh, (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) Good point. I, I made a commitment some time ago. To not post anything political on my Facebook page, to not like anybody else's, even though there's times I'm just dying laughing, you know, mm-hmm. looking at some of these things pro and against President mm-hmm. Trump. Because I, and I'll tell you right now, and again, this is in, on a podcast. You have a choice to watch it or, or listen to it or not listen mm-hmm. to it. I will never talk about this in detail on the radio because that's just not the place, but on our Christian radio station. But I am very pro President Trump um i I am very pro i'm a republican i grew up republican and everything i see i see benefits i try to find benefits on all sides no matter what political title Mm -hmm. you carry i -hmm. try to think in my in my best opinion my best is that our government needs to be able needs to have all the different parties representation and they need to come together and if your party's president doesn't win then you need to do everything you can to support that other president until the next time comes along when you can vote again. And to me, that's what our elections and that's what democracy is all about. It's Mm -hmm. it's all about who. And I was this way with President Obama. Mm -hmm. I didn't agree with most of his policies. Ninety percent of his. I did not agree with. But you never heard me say a negative thing about him because Mm -hmm. that was who the majority of our country that I'm a part of voted in office. And so, Mm -hmm. you know what? I don't want to be a sore loser, and I want to be a part of the team. And so I supported President Obama through his presidency. Now, mm-hmm. when it came time to vote again, I didn't vote that way. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. vote for that party because I believed in President Trump and what he was saying and what he said he could do. And I believe he's done that. So, again, mm-hmm. that's my political slant. But I chose mm-hmm. to never post it on Facebook. To never. Mm-hmm. Now, I used to. I used to. But here recently, the last six months or so, mm-hmm. I've not. Because you know what, Katie, and this is hard to believe, not one person has changed their political aspect, their their opinion, or voted for a different candidate because of something I posted on Facebook.
0: Mm-hmm. This
1: is not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I I don't know about that. Uh, we have really lively uh, conversations in our house, and um, it's been a really interesting thing to dig. Really, one of our family members digs extremely deep on this stuff, and. Um, has caused me to question a lot of things, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, and so my little head is like, if, yeah, if I can't sit down and have a conversation with you about it, then I'm probably not going to bring it up, like, I know my next-door neighbor votes completely differently than I do, um, and that scares me to death, even told you how I vote. And so um, it's funny though. Yeah. I love that people can't guess where I land, but, but I will say that I I'm a hundred percent a pro-lifer. And so um, it's very easy for me to look at that policy and say, that's sure. how I'm going to vote. Um, also, I, I'm like you in that I want to respect our leadership once they're in office. Um, I have a very hard time with revisionist history. I don't agree with it. Um, And the way that history is being treated right now is just so out of context. And I think it's actually a reflection on the the change in demographics since 1970 that there are so many single-parent homes. And this is not – I mean, I'm from a single-parent home. So this is not a slam against anybody's thing. It's just when you don't have those deeper conversations, when you have – you know, offense on top of offense on top of offense that you were the recipient of and nobody stood up for you, It, it it's going to come out. You know, yeah. we're our, we're emotional beings as well as spiritual beings. And that's what makes the gospel so incredible is that here is God saying, for every injustice, I am going to make it right for those who know me and who trust me and submit to me and bow to me.
1: Yeah.
0: And for those who don't, you're going to have the consequence of that as well. And that looks like separation from God. It looks like no peace. It looks like no justice. It looks so, so we get to decide where we want to land on these things. And yet we're still, I know I'm going on a rant here. This is why I'm not on Facebook. (laughs) I mean, oh gosh. So yeah, so you know, at what point do we stand up and say, my voice isn't being heard. And how can I do that in a way that is going to be effective? And um, there's a lot I think that's really ineffective and extremely destructive about what's happening in the country. And and yet, while I might not, you know, I might not be smashing restaurants right now. Who's to say? At what point would I? You know, at what point would I? That's a. Uh, I don't know that I want to answer that. <laughs> I
1: know. I know it's difficult. It's difficult because, you know, I just I just feel like. I do know this, and this brings me the most, all the peace in the world about this upcoming election, and which is one of the hottest, contested, and meanest, and ugliest, and nastiest one I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last one was pretty bad. Um, but with this one here, I do know this, and I, I can say this with all confidence. Whoever gets elected after everybody goes and votes and all the votes are tabulated, whoever gets elected is the person God's going to want in office. Now, I hope and pray it's the candidate that I want. I hope mm-hmm. it's President Trump gets another four years and he's able to bring back the economy the way that it was before all the COVID and and uh, and all of that. And, and I also would hope that if that happens, that uh, the other side would suddenly say, OK, we're not going to get him. We're not going to get him with impeachment. We're not going to get him with all this stuff. Hey, how about this? What a novel idea. How about if we do everything we can to work with him until the next election in four years, and then we'll have another shot at getting our candidate in. That's what I that's what I hope would happen. I don't know that it will. That's what hope in my perfect world, but I do know this that whoever God puts in office, whoever gets in office is who God's putting there. And mm-hmm. just like he did in the Old Testament with some kings and some rulers. Mm-hmm. Not everybody agreed with them. And mm-hmm. he placed them there for either to bless the nation, to help them prosper, or sometimes he used leaders to bring down the nation, to judge the nation and to get them back in line. And um mm-hmm. That's what I just have to trust, and mm-hmm. I will tell you this: If president, Vice President, current or former Vice President Biden, gets elected president, I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to complain because that'll be God's person for the office. Now mm-hmm. I hope and pray my personal opinion that it's president trump that gets reelected because he more aligns with the way that i feel uh personally and socially and philosophically i do wish he had a secretary of tweeter you know that could help read everything hold on mr president uh you might want to change that you know or yeah go Mm -hmm. ahead hit send you know but Mm -hmm. but i i don't have any problem with that i i I really Mm -hmm. don't he's not a politician He's a business person, which is what I felt like our country needed at that time uh, and still do. Uh, So anyway, again, I hope I haven't made anybody mad or my listenership on J-103 has just gone down because of this. But that's my personal opinion Mm -hmm. that I will not push on anybody else.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And, you know, you're reminding me of uh, Bill Clinton, who is, you know, I remember the first time I heard him speak, I think I was in fourth grade and he was talking about, you know, how everybody was going to get to go to college What and everyone loved him. And to this day, people talk about Bill Clinton like he's the saint. And what's shocking to me is it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He might have been polished and beautiful and excellent in front of the camera, but there was this whole other side to him that is coming out and that was coming out. And they, they would, I forget what the, um, the term was, but there were like more people who had disappeared during the Clinton presidency, like mm-hmm. implying that they died or, you know, were taken somewhere because sure. they knew secrets that people didn't want to know about. And also just the string of women who he had relationships with that did not honor his wife and that were going on while he was a president. And we don't have that with Trump. And people are like so upset because he said something stupid from New York. You know, like he's got this minds anyway. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. It, 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 like I said, it's it's such a powder keg to open up. And, and right. again, we have to remember that we do things through a Christian perspective and through the way God would have us to do that and speak through that. And I don't believe God wants us blasting people. He doesn't want us negatively coming down on people. Now we can. It's like God would never say anything bad against me, but he would say bad against the sin that I commit. You know, we're always taught to God loves the sinner but hates the sin. And mm-hmm. I think that goes from the president of the United States down to the local dog catcher, mm-hmm. down to the local Christian DJ, to the homeschool mom, to mm-hmm. to everybody. That's the way God is. He when God looks at us, if we've mm-hmm. accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, He sees perfection. He sees the blood of His of His mm-hmm. Son Jesus Christ. He doesn't see all the other stuff that Jesus died for and uh, forgave mm-hmm. us. So, mm-hmm. anyway, I mean, we 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 Good. we jumped in that up to our knees, I guess. We didn't go very far, but uh, I tell you what, the next time we record. Um, potentially we'll have a new president maybe the or, or President Trump will have another four years uh, and uh, and so we'll be able to talk a little bit more about that maybe we may still be counting votes until January who knows but uh, uh, yeah I hope not but uh, uh, we'll see from there so all right Katie let's wrap it up for this uh, this edition of the intersection of faith and culture and we'll come back in November and we'll talk about Christmas and New Year's and The presidency. How about that? Or politics.
0: Good. Thank you and see you then.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Thanks for listening to The Intersection of Faith and Culture, a PCM podcast.